how many uh how many of us out here are are new or have never visited South Beach Church? This is your first time here at the church? We want to recognize. No, there's a few people. Okay, so we want to recognize and just say welcome. And whether you're here for the fourth or um, or you're just visiting for the first time, we we I really want to relay that message. We have a sign right behind me that says Jesus, and that's what this church is all about. This church is not about who's speaking on the stage or who's playing music on the stage. This church is about Jesus, and it's about coming to this to this warehouse and connecting with him. And that's what we want to do this morning. And so as I was thinking about, first of all, I want to talk about my attire this morning. Okay. I'm doing this. I'm wearing this for a reason. My grandmother, my, I, I'm a son of a pastor and a grandson of a pastor. And every time I got the opportunity to preach over the years, my grandma would be sitting there listening to me speak. And I would go up to her afterwards and I would say, how do you, how do you like it? What do you get out of the service? And she's, she would always look at me and go, shorts, huh? <laughs> or it'd be sandals, huh? And uh, I would never wear a hat in church because I knew what was coming. But James Garrett wore one a couple weeks ago, and I was like, you know what? He didn't get struck by lightning because she said I would, and so we're going with it. So someone this morning already was like, oh, you got a tea time for golf at noon, huh? So I don't, but just in case, we'll, we'll be out of here by then. And so I was thinking about 4th of July, and uh, I love 4th of July, um, I usually say my two favorite holidays are Christmas and Fourth of July. Christmas because we get gifts. I mean, come on. And uh, but Fourth of July is just one of those things that, and it's going to make sense in a little bit when I share these stories. But I was thinking a couple days ago about my three Fourth of Julys that just came to mind right away. The first one is three years ago to the day because it's Fourth of July. On July 3rd, 2018, I moved to a little town called Newport, Oregon. It's my third anniversary of living in this community. <laughs> Woo! Well, yesterday, but no one got me a gift, but that's all right. Um, and uh, when I was talking with Pastor Luke about moving to this community, I was burnt out from living in the Middle East as a missionary and... I needed a place to come and rest. And he's like, Newport's the place for you. I've got the perfect place for you to live. And I was at John and Deb's house. <laughs> and it was peaceful and quiet. And there were bees, and it was really cool. <laughs> and on July 4th, the very next day, I was at Pastor Bo's house, and his kids are running around and getting ready to like fireworks and I got to give a little disclaimer. I'm Italian, so I cry a lot, so to be prepared. But in that moment, I just saw my future. I saw my friend. I saw home in that place. I saw rest, and I saw exactly what the Lord was saying, that this is it. This is where you're going to put down your roots. And... For the last three years, it hasn't all been amazing and wonderful all the time. But this is home. And I love it. 
I lived with John and Deb for a little bit, and I moved with Gordon in South Beach, and now I live in Walport, kind of all over this community. I'm never going to Lincoln City, so don't worry about that. <laughs> that town is too skinny and long. But I love this community. I love how wild and crazy it is, but I love the, the generosity I love the small town feel, but people support each other. The second 4th of July that I remember, this is really dumb, but it comes to mind is 2001, I was living in Norway, and my roommate was Norwegian, his name's Simon, and Simon loved everything about America. He'd never been to America, but he was one of those guys that would, your stereotypical European that would be like listening to American rap and just like wanting to eat only American food and had a huge American flag in his room. <laughs> and if you know Norwegians, they're very proud of their country, but he was like, he wanted to be American so bad. And so on 4th of July, he wakes me up at like 5 a.m. He's like, dude. We're going to sneak into the base, and we're going to lower the Norwegian flag. We're going to raise the American flag. And I, he's like, and I got the best song to play over the loudspeaker. And I was like, I'm in. And so we get up, and we start crawling through the base. And we get to the base, and we raise the American flag. And he hits play, and over the whole loudspeaker is Whitney Houston singing, God Bless America. <laughs> And he is just, like, amazed. And, yeah, we got in a lot of trouble over that. Um, but they mainly blamed the American because they didn't think that the Norwegian would do that. So, But the third one that comes to mind is 1990. I was 10 years old, and we lived in California. When I was 10 years old... Um, my family wasn't always perfect. They still aren't perfect, but my dad was a pastor, like I said, and he, he had an issue with anger and took it out on us kids and on my mom, and it was never very violent, but it was very in your face. And I remember that, that summer we were camping, and there was going to be a, huge, a big fireworks show that night. And the whole day, it was just fighting. Fighting between me and my dad and me and my sister, my dad and my mom. And it was just ugly. And the whole, whole day, I thought to myself, well, we're poor. Why do we even camp in the first place? I don't get it. Why, why do we put ourselves through this every year? We go camping, and it turns into a big fight. I can't hold the flashlight right, apparently. And I'm always being yelled at. I guess my dad doesn't like me throwing rocks at the tent and hurting my sister, and I just didn't get it. And, and it was a sense of just frustration and anger. And then the fireworks started. And there was a break in the chaos. And this is why I like the 4th of July. Because you looked around... And there were poor people, and there were rich people, there were people of color, 
there was frustration leading up to it and anger leading up to it. And in that moment, everyone was equal. And everyone got to enjoy the fireworks. I'm sure if I would have looked over, my dad and mom were probably holding hands. And we just enjoyed the fireworks together. And it was peace among the storm. Let's pray as we start our service this morning. Father, we thank you that you are the peace among the storm. Father, I thank you that no matter where we are at, maybe there was fighting even driving to church this morning, or there's struggles in our finances, there's frustration at our kids, there's problems in our work, we get to stop and be in your presence. Father, I thank you for that. But I ask that it isn't just a pause button, but it's a stop. Father, I thank you that we get to be here. In Jesus' name, amen. It's funny that Pastor Luke always uses this phrase, and my last pastor that I worked with always used this phrase that we're called to have an attitude of gratitude. I listen to some of my past messages that I've given over the years, and they're very convicting. <laughs> and I'm like, ugh, I don't want to do that. And so I felt like the Lord said this morning, I want you to show your family how grateful you are. To go through the things that you've gone through and the things that the church has gone through, point them to Scripture and just say, man, we are blessed. I was looking at our nation and where we're at as a nation. And there's a lot of complaining going on. There's a lot of frustration at the other guy. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of where, how, how do we end up here? Where are we going? And I felt like the Lord said he wanted me to read some of these things off to remind us where we have come from. So that is, today as we celebrate the 245th birthday of our nation, I want to look at a few Quotes from and stories from our past. Years ago, one of our American submarines sank off the eastern coast, and divers attempted to rescue them. And when they went down, they could hear the survivors tapping on the side of the marine submarine off the coast. And they realized that they were actually tapping in Morse code. So they got someone and they were writing down what they were tapping and they kept repeating the same thing. Is there hope? Is there any hope? 
And I honestly believe that a lot of us are asking that same question today. Is, is there any hope for our nation? Do we chalk it up for a loss and say, you know what? The devil's won. He's taken, he's won, he has victory over this nation. We've given up on San Francisco. We've given up on Las Vegas. We've given up on Detroit. We've given up. On, and we just step back and we say, you know what? And I felt like the Lord say, go back to your roots and then go to the word. Regardless of what has been written and taught today, we're a nation built upon Christian faith. President George Washington said it would be impossible to govern rightly without God in the Bible. John Adams said it would be impossible to govern without God in the Ten Commandments. The Pilgrim Charter of 1620 states that its purpose was to advance the enlargement of the Christian religion to the glory of God's Almighty. Before the pilgrims arrived on the shores, they gathered below the deck of the Mayflower and signed the Mayflower Compact, which revealed their intent for the glory of God. In 1632, when Maryland was chartered as a colony, they wrote, we are motivated with the zeal for extending the Christian religion. And Andrew Jackson, the seventh president of the United States, said the Bible is the rock upon which our republic rests. And some of us look at our nation and say, in 245 years, we've come a long way. And I would agree with that statement. But 2 Chronicles 7.14, which is going to be on the screen, says, If my people who are called by name, my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I'll heal their land. And I believe that's a prophecy for the United States of America. I'm excited. I've traveled all over the world. And a lot of people are like, oh, you've done missions overseas, so you must like kind of have a bad taste in your mouth about America. I have at times. The reality is, man, I love this nation because God loves this nation. I truly believe that God has not given up on this nation. We've got a long way to go. There's a lot of healing that needs to take place. But I believe if we turn from our wicked ways, it starts with us. It starts with us saying, you know what? I'm not giving up. I'm not surrendering. I'm not waving that white flag for our nation. I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to pray for this land. I'm going to pray for my neighborhood. I'm going to pray for my neighbor. And as we do that, I truly believe that our neighbors will look and they will turn from their wicked ways. And it will be this ripple effect across this nation. Do you know right now, there are hundreds and thousands of missionaries every year coming to the United States. Because this is one of the biggest mission fields in the world right now. When we used to be with the biggest sender of missionaries, we're receiving missionaries. But you know what? I, I haven't given up. I'm still grateful. I'm still proud to be an American, even though that song is super cheesy. It's true. Greatest nation in the, Mer in the world? I'm not sure about that. 
But if we turn from our wicked ways, he will hear from heaven. He will forgive our sins and he'll hear our land. Amen? Amen. I want to look at a few things in my life. Um, And as I do that, I think it will be an encouragement to you as well. Um, One of the things about coming here to Newport is I was kind of tired of meeting new people, if I'm honest. When you're a missionary and you're a youth pastor and you're in the ministry, you're always meeting new people. It's just constantly new people coming and going, coming and going. I actually got really tired of the going. I got tired of saying goodbye to people. It's one of the hardest things in missions is you'll grow with somebody, you'll become really close with someone, and then you know that in six months they'll probably be gone. You might not ever see them again. Yeah, we have Facebook and Instagram and different ways to communicate. But the reality is we're always saying goodbye. And so when I came to Newport, I'll be honest, I had my guard up. One, I didn't know how many people, I didn't know how long I was going to be here. And two, I didn't really want to make room for that, saying goodbye. And so for the first six months I was here, I was content with the same 12 people. And then I started letting that guard down. And I started getting to know individuals in this church and hearing people's stories. And I want to say that whether you're brand new or you've been going to this church for a long time, get to know people in this church. Look across around the room. Some of us leave as soon as church gets over. We don't have much time in between the services. Today we have time. <laughs> Lots of time. But I would say get to know people. Get involved. More than just the staff. We have some amazing people in this community, but we have on fire lovers of Jesus in this church. Let your guard down. Yeah, let your guard down. <laughs> Love you, George. 1 Thessalonians 3.9 says, How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of God because of you? I love that. I love that he's in there. He's saying, you know what? I'm closer to God because of you. That's really what he's saying. I'm in the presence of the Lord because of you. And this 4th of July, I really want you to think about the people in your life. If you're taking notes, jot some people's names down. Some people that you need to go up and just say, you know what, thank you. Thank you for pouring into me. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for praying for me. It's a cool thing to be able to look. One of the things that I, I do, I know I'm a complainer. I don't like it about myself, but naturally I am a complainer. I complain about people. I complain about things. I complain about things I should 
be joyful about. But the reality is, I think most of us are, are pretty good at complaining. We complain about the people that are around us. But I want us to be able to look at the people and say, you know what, there are people in our lives that we need to thank. There are people in our lives that we need to pray for and just bless. And so I encourage you to do that this 4th of July. Deuteronomy 8.10 When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God and the good land which he has given you. I wrote down, I'm thankful for what the Lord has given me. Look at the things that you have. When I moved to Newport, I had two bags of clothes to my name because I sold it all to go to the Middle East. I had two bags. And I moved back, and I had like, I, I remember telling John Smith, I was like, John, just so you know, I have a, I have a 22 in my, in my bag. Is that okay? And he's like, <laughs> dude, you're moving to Lincoln County. You're fine. <laughs> he's like, is it a 22 like this, or is it like what? And I was like, oh, man. Okay, here we go. And I'm not saying I'm like, want to start thinking of all the possessions I have now. But the amount, in one day, I went from having two bags, having a car and two bags, and having a place to live in two bags. You see what I'm saying? The Lord provides the things that we need. And instead of complaining about what we don't have, or complaining about the truck that makes some weird noise, or complaining about the, the land that has a leak, or the house that has a leak, instead of complaining about, how about we just say, you know what, Lord, thank you. Many of us have been on short-term missions, and the number one thing that we see when we go to third world countries, is poverty. But you know what we also see there? It's happiness. Possessions doesn't mean happiness. But that attitude of gratitude allows people to live longer. Allows people to see God clearer. I drove here from Walport. took 21 minutes. Do you know how long it would take if I didn't have a truck? It's pretty cool. Think about that today. Instead of the argument about not having enough fireworks or not having enough potato salad or not having enough watermelon. Thank God for what we do have. Amen? Amen. This is a hard one, actually, for me. I said I'm thankful for when times are difficult. As a natural complainer, any other complainers out there? Okay, good. I'm not alone. Whew. I don't want to be a complainer. I want to be able to look at what I have, what situation I'm in, the people are around me, and be able to rejoice in the Lord. And that's why I'm encouraged by this verse. Psalms 46, 1 through 11. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. 
Therefore, we will not fear. Even though the earth be moved, removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling, there is a river whose streams shall make God glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall be moved. God shall, God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is her refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. If you go to Celebrate Recovery, you'll hear these words. My name is Adam Durkin, and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I have victory over depression, but I still struggle with anxiety. Because of the scripture, to be still and know that I am God. There's a war that goes on in my head as someone that struggles with those things. There's a battle going on for your kids. There's an enemy that wants to ruin your marriage and destroy the things that you have. Be still and know that I am God. There are nations all around us that are at the brink of war. There's a fight for identity in this nation. Be still and know that I am God. That's the prayer that all we need. That, that's all we need. He's been here long before our problems. And he'll be here long before, long after. There's been wars that have been going on since the beginning of time. Living in the Middle East, they don't even know why they're fighting anymore. They don't know why they hate their brother. And that's all we would simply bring to people as we sat down with them. The same spirit that lives, that lived in Jesus Christ lives in us. I believe that's the spirit of peace. The Holy Spirit, is, that's what he does. He comes into this place. He comes into a situation. He comes into turmoil or frustration or anger, and he brings peace. This morning, I was anxious. I'm not nervous to speak in front of people. 
I could dance in front of people. I could sing. I could be an idiot. I could do stupid things. But I was anxious this morning because the enemy did not want me to speak. And Larry put his hand on me, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon me this morning. And there was peace. Who in your life needs peace? Who in your life needs someone to come? Have, have you come and just lay your hand on them and pray for peace? That simple, simple prayer, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on this man or this woman. That's my prayer for this service. That's my prayer for you as you sit there. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Fall anew in my life. Become new in my whatever. Fill in the blank. That's why I love Celebrate Recovery. For me, I love church. I love being able to worship. I love being able to see people. But celebrate recovery. It's special. And I'm telling you, coming and saying, you know what, Lord? I can't do it on my own. Celebrate recovery is all about us saying, we can't do it on our own. Not by my strength, but your strength. And so I challenge you, if, you ever, if you're thinking that throughout the week, if you're thinking that on a Tuesday, say, I don't know, 5.30 to 6, maybe come by. That's what it's all about. It's not about alcohol and drugs, you guys. It's about saying, you know what? I need the Lord. Maybe a little bit more than just Sunday. Because I've got hurts. I've got things that are holding me up. And I love my Celebrate Recovery family for that. I love you guys because that's what accountability and love is about. It's about coming and seeing across the room and going, that guy needs me to walk over and lay my hand on him and pray for him. Not because he's speaking at church this morning, but he's carrying weight and I can just see it. I know there are people in this room that have that gift. And I challenge you to start using it. Because it's a blessing. It's a blessing to the Lord and it's a blessing to each other. There are so many things, guys, that I could continue going on about the things I'm, I'm grateful for. But it's warm in here. There's, there's barbecues about to start. But I'm, I, I am so grateful. I'm grateful for the leadership of this church. I'm grateful for my friends that I get to call pastors. I'm grateful for Pastor Luke, who's actually preaching in uh, Vancouver, Washington this morning. I'm grateful that I get to do this this morning as well. Because I feel like this is actually from the Lord. It's a simple message. I wasn't going to start off this message that saying that I guarantee by the end of the message I'm going to have a standing ovation. And I'm still going to, I'm still going to predict that. 
I'm not done yet. We're going to have a standing ovation right after what I say right here. I'm grateful for our missionaries. Those that are serving in different nations and, and different cities among this world. Those that have given up luxuries and given up safe churches and said, you know what? The world needs God. A couple days ago, we got a message from our missionaries in Mexico. And I want to read this message. And they're watching this morning. And this is where the standing ovation is going to come. It's a message from Teresa there on the left. We are overjoyed to share with you that Bookie passed his interview for citizenship today. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your prayers. Bookie felt so much peace through this process, and the officer that interviewed him was so nice that he thought she was an angel. Normally, you have to wait a month for a scheduled ceremony, but due to COVID, they had given the option to participate in the ceremony that day. So after he passed his interview, he went directly to the ceremony. They handed him a small American flag, a paper with the words of the Pledge of Allegiance on it, and he was sworn in as a U.S. citizen. As Bookie left the building with the flag, people began to clap and congratulate him. Bookie said it all felt good, too good to be true, but it was really happening. She ends the, the, the email by saying, it's hard to believe that it's been 12 years since we first started the immigration process for Bookie. We've had our ups and downs over the years, but God has still proven to be faithful through it all. Thank you to everyone who has walked with us through this long journey, praying for us and encouraging us. We're so grateful to you. We're so blessed to have such a great friends and family. 12 years. And two, three days ago, Bookie was sworn in as a U.S. citizen. And so we're going to stand and we're going to look at our camera and we're going to congratulate him for that. You can remain standing. As we go and light the barbecue and gather those fireworks, invite the friends over, break the ice, I encourage you to stop in that moment and to think of all of all the Lord that the Lord has done. To not focus on the hurt or the pain or who's not there or the job you have to go to tomorrow. Fourth of July is a pretty awesome day. It's a day we get to light fireworks, 
and we're all equal. We get to stop among the chaos and the frustration and the anger, the annoyances that comes with camping, and we get a break in the fireworks. But I remind you, July 5th is tomorrow. There probably won't be fireworks tomorrow. There won't be the distraction to take away from the frustration or the annoying kids. But we still have each other. We have the church. We have our things. But we have the Lord who calms all turmoil who stops the sea, who breathes life into the dead. Father, we thank you that we can celebrate this nation's birthday. But more than that, God, I thank you that we get to celebrate you. We get to celebrate every single Sunday that you are alive, that we worship a living king, that you are not dead, that you're not stuck in that grave, that you rose, that you're still living in us. Father, I, I just pray that tonight what needs to be restored is restored. What the enemy has stolen, Father, I just pray that you you bring it back. Whether it be hearts or relationships, whether it be broken families. Father, as the fireworks start tonight, I pray we can bring those that we love close. And we just say that simple prayer, thank you. Father, we love you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.